You're about to hear the 3CR Community Radio podcast of Encyclopedia. For more information on this show, head to 3cr.org.au and follow the links to the Encyclopedia program page. Get in contact with us on Facebook, Twitter, or find us on our website. Good afternoon and welcome to Encyclopedia on this very rainy East Coast low uh, rainy afternoon um, where apparently it's raining um, from here to Brisbane. Pretty much <laughs> um, in the studio uh, today, Ash and Penny, and we're going to be having um, a few other guests later on in the show because uh, we've only got uh, three weeks now, I believe, until the federal election, and we are talking all things politics, uh, drug law reform, a fairly politically engaged uh, arena. Um, the word law in there kind of gives that away a little bit, but uh, welcome to Insycadelia for this afternoon. Uh, thank you to Freedom of Species. That will be back next week uh, at from 1pm on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on digital and stream at the website 3cr.org.au which is uh, also when you, where you can find their podcast, our own podcast and a whole bunch more uh, 3CR podcasts. A lot of shows are podcasts and there's a lot of shows that are actually not just broadcast on 3CR, they're produced here but they're broadcast on community radio stations around Australia and if you support community radio uh, then please support the campaign Keep Community Radio. The hashtag is hashtag Keep Community Radio. The website is keepcommunityradio.org.au I believe. And uh, that is in relation to funding cuts, uh, which were announced by the coalition government in their most recent budget, which means if they win this election, the uh, the funding for community radio to be on the digital spectrum will be cut and we, you'll, not, you'll no longer be able to hear stations like 3CR, like Triple R, like PBS, like SIN, like Joy FM on the digital spectrum. Uh, so please support community radio. So far, both the Labor Party and the Australian Greens Party have come out and support uh, community Community radio, so really it's only if uh, the coalition wins. So keep pressure on them. If you are a coalition voter, which I'm going to guess just um, lightly that none of you are right now <laughs> listening, um, but if you are somebody that does support the coalition, uh, then please. Uh, get on their backs, even if you, even if you're not, just get on their backs and say, look, if you do win the election, we support community radio and we want you to support community radio. It's only a small amount of money that needs to keep these uh, these digital boxes running up the top of the mountains across the capital cities uh, in Australia. I think it's about. $1.4 million or something. Mm. It's really a, a small slice of money to keep community radio broadcasting on the digital spectrum. Uh, also, this year marks 40 years of 3CR on the air, and we're celebrating with a number of events throughout the year, and our Radiothon is the next one on the list. A Radiothon starts tomorrow, uh, so please get behind and support your favourite program on, um, on 3CR. Uh, by doing so, uh, you will keep us on the air. You will keep us uh, able to uh, replace equipment when it breaks down, to get out there amongst the community and, and talk with people and discuss events and discuss issues. Uh, to support us, 3cr.org.au forward slash support is the website where you can donate or tune in during the week to all your favourite 3CR shows and call in and donate. We will be uh, having a special program Oh, I got to think about that one. Actually, I, I won't. Uh, I won't get into that. What we're going to do is we're going to get into uh, some news right now. And psychedelia news of the week. I don't condone or advocate that everyone should use illicit drugs. I think it's a, a huge decision made with the right amount of research and forethought. 
The intention is to discourage ice use. The actual effect is it encourages the stigmatization of people who use this drug. The risk there is people are less likely to disclose their use even when they're experiencing some issues, so they're less likely to access essential health services. The potential for harm increases. People feel hesitant to be open about who they are because they're afraid of judgment from family members or people at work or, or just people in society in general. Many of them have conservative mindsets regardless of their politics uh, and will just say, oh well, then the, the, the government are not looking after us and therefore it seems as a law and order issue rather than a, a social problem that needs to be dealt with on, on a Drug news from Melbourne and around the world. Mm, drug news time. Uh, Penny, do you want to start us off with a story? Hi, ah, yeah. There's been a couple of articles uh, over the last few weeks about using drugs in the workplace and kind of in universities in Australia. Um, you know, mainly the cognitive enhancing drugs like modafinil and ADHD medica- medications. So I just kind of wanted to bring up um, kind of raising awareness of the of the topic. So um, there's been um, I think 1.4 million scripts were filled last year of for these types of um, of of drugs for people for different reasons, and also um, they've um, been. Uh, the studies also found that Australian students have reported using these substances for study at a higher lifetime rate um, than people in the US and Germany and other and other students around the world. So it's quite interesting that we're quite high up in there. Does seem to be that Australians are um, always high up on these uh, on these lists. Yeah, uh, you know what the uh, um... and even caffeine as well. All sorts of different substances have mm. been um, mentioned in these reports. So, and there has been a growing chorus of support for drug checking slash pill testing services to be implemented at uh, festivals and uh, nightclubs across Australia. But even with the growing awareness of the harm reduction initiative and what it means, still there are staunch prohibitionists who believe that the initiative is akin to giving people permission to take drugs. And I don't know what it is uh, that gets inside these people's heads that makes them think that anybody who takes drugs cares about what they think about it, uh, but we'll let them have that. So the Tasmanian Police Association was the latest one that came out in support of the implementation of pill testing services in the state, uh, but the Tasmanian Premier, Renee Renee? Is his his name Renee? I've never actually heard it pronounced. I hope it's Renee. Uh, Hitting uh, disagrees. Hitting said that this government will not provide quality assurance for drug pushers. Uh, which is a common argument from those who do not understand the policy and would prefer that people who do take drugs face as many risks to their health and liberty as possible as a sort of disciplinary measure akin to, uh, I don't know, beating children into uh, submission before authority. I guess that's the same sort of thing. This argument for me is very similar to the um, conservatives that argue against the Gardasil HPV vaccine to prevent cervical cancer because they think that, you know, young women should get cervical cancer to teach them not to be so promiscuous, which (laughs) is pretty morally repugnant. It does seem to be one of those um, typical uh, abstinence-only type arguments, which uh, there are many prohibitionists, it's not all, uh, not all people that support prohibition believe that uh, abstinence-only is the only approach, but a lot of them do, and uh, with somebody who has such a black and white vision of such things, then uh, anybody that diverts from abstinence-only deserves what they get. Mm, um, 
There, there was an interesting article from Science.Mike that was shared on the MDMA The Movie Facebook page, and it was some research done in Switzerland uh, in collaboration with MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Science, and they did some studies to do with sex and different psychostimulants. So they showed pornography to people on different substances and measured their um, levels of different neurotransmitters to see how it affected the brain. And the really interesting uh, result that came from this is that MDMA is very different to other drugs in the way that it affects um, sex, sex and sexual stimulation. Um, the way that they described it was that... Um, while other drugs, pretty much all drugs, enhance your uh, sexual desire, um, you know, and, you, and they kind of promote a, a pre-orgasmic kind of excited state, whereas MDMA reflects more kind of a post-orgasmic state. So the neurotransmitters, um, you know, that are released uh, when, when you take MDMA uh, are more akin to the oxytocin, the bonding kind of um, uh, chemicals that, you know, maybe make you feel more connected and, and, and empathic towards a person. So they can enhance your sense of touch, but not necessarily your your sense of sexual stimulation to the point where sometimes, you know, men don't get an erection and women don't necessarily become lubricated as easily under the influence of MDMA. Yeah, a little segue from there. Um, there's been a lot of media reports this come out this week from the UK and, and Europe on um, ecstasy and MDMA now becoming making a big comeback in Europe and kind of becoming a more mainstream party drug than maybe it has been in the last couple of years. So that's kind of interesting. Um, I, yeah. I believe that, yeah, the MCDDA uh, was the one yeah. who, who mentioned that. And it was about uh, the past 10 years they, they'd seen a lull uh, in MDMA usage um, across Europe, but it's spiked back yeah, up again. and it's interesting. It's um, become the drug most commonly bought on the darknet markets, apparently, across Europe. And and one of the things that happened in that past 10 years as well was that the novel psychoactive substances, things are, uh, with the sort of colloquial names of bath salts, uh, mm. the cathinones and things like that, these these substitute um, drugs uh, were more popular in that time, but we've seen a crackdown of those, especially over the past year in uh, in Europe, especially the UK, mm. which just enacted its law, mm. um, which didn't stop people from taking drugs. It just shifted the market, as tends to happen. Uh, so, yeah, it didn't really have yeah, the outcome there's been they a, a bunch of interesting articles now that the um, new Psychoactive Substances Act has passed in the UK last week. Um, I think you touched on it last week on the show, but it's... Um, there's been a lot of interesting articles by David Nutt and a couple of other people over there about how um, the new act won't... It's just going to shift around kind of drug use. It's not going to stop anything. For, for people that aren't really aware, the new act... Um, uh, in the past, in the UK, a particular substance had to be listed on, on a list of um, illicit substances, but now this new act now makes every substance illegal unless it's on an exception list. So it's a huge difference to the law. So in, instead of a, a particular drug being named, it, it it's a list that just kind of, um, yeah, make, lists the exceptions with caffeine and, and alcohol and, and different things. So um, Rolling Stone had a pretty extensive article, quite long article, on why the US has failed its war on drugs. Um, and there was one, one quote that I thought uh, stood out from that article and uh, it applies to this situation. Uh, they said, you make their drug harder to get, they don't just stop taking drugs. That's a very naive assumption. They switch to something else. 
Heroin has turned out to be a very inexpensive, readily accessible alternative, and they stated that uh, in terms of uh, the opiate addiction that swept across um, the US, uh, where people were uh, getting uh, prescribed opiates. Um, so relatively uh, safe. As far as opiates go, they were getting relatively safe pharmaceutical-grade opiates. Uh, that has been cracked down on, and what's happened is people haven't gone off opiates. Mm. They've switched, and they've gone to the black market, and they've gone to heroin, and now there is a bit of a, uh, a spike in heroin use in in the US. And also black market uh, prescription drugs as well. We were just um, speaking before the show started about um, uh, fentanyl and obviously Prince's death has now been attributed to, to fentanyl and it's really quite interesting in my experience working in harm reduction in, in Australia. Um, we have a lot of people trying to um, uh, extract the fentanyl from the patches and it's a really high uh, reason for overdose and death, death from overdose in Australia and all over the world because... Um, it's really quite hard to measure out the the amount of substance or the safe amount of substance to consume and a lot of people are kind of extracting 10 times this amount thinking it's the right amount and yeah i think it's 34% of of death from overdose in australia is attributed to fentanyl so there was also some um, research that I just kind of skimmed over um, this week from Canada, where I, I forget which province it was, but there was um, no heroin on the streets. Everything that was sold as heroin was some form of fentanyl. So I think it was Alberta. Yeah. Um, on, a, on the flip side of this, uh, Washington Post in the US notes that cannabis use has steadied in states where legalisation and decriminalisation has occurred, which stands in pretty stark contrast to the predictions made by prohibitionists who suggested that any liberalisation any backing off of prohibition um, of drugs would lead to basically an epidemic of use um, and subsequent health problems. Uh, Richard Gruchka, uh, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right because it's a Z in there, so I, mm. um, is a researcher from Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis and said, we were surprised to see substantial declines in marijuana use and abuse. Whatever is happening with these behavioural issues, it seems to be outweighing any effects of marijuana decriminalisation. Uh, what he means there is uh, any effects of people thinking um, that, oh, wow, you know, the laws have fallen, I'm going to turn into a marijuana addict and go reefer madness uh, on, on, on society. Uh, and he said that the reduction in the past year prevalence of marijuana use disorders among adolescents took place during a period when 10 US states relaxed criminal sanction sanctions against adult marijuana use and 13 states enacted medical marijuana policies. Uh, so the study found that during the period, teenagers also became less likely to perceive marijuana use as risky and marijuana use became more socially acceptable among young adults. So although it's less seen as less risky and more socially acceptable, fewer people um, are, are taking it, especially in the youth category, it appeared mm. in the research. So mm -hmm. prohibition making the sky fall in? Mm. Unlikely. Um, there were some interesting reporting around trends in, in the emergence of new medical cannabis markets. The Medical Journal of Australia wrote an opinion piece this week um, arguing for a slowly, slowly cautious approach. And they actually had a poll at the, at the bottom of it, which um, I, I don't know what the current figures are, but when I looked at it, it was, I think, over 80 or 90% of people disagreed with their view that um, we should be taking a cautious approach. And there was also some reporting from um, medicalmarijuana.eu uh, about some of what's happening in the United Kingdom and Europe, um, when patients can't get the medicine that they want legally, they're going to the black market and a lot of them are getting scammed. They're paying money for mm. um, cannabis oils, mm. you know, ostensibly to treat cancer or other things and getting nothing. I think I think we know what happened, what's happening here and it's that uh, regulators are... Mm. Um, 
just feeling a little slow off the mark. So it's my button again. And I actually have a have a song uh, coming up. Uh, we're going to be speaking with um, a number of candidates and representatives of political parties. We'll be speaking to the Sex Party, the Drug Law Reform Party, and the Liberal Democrats uh, Party um, this afternoon uh, in, a, in uh, a few minutes on In Psychedelia. But first up, um, a song from Dysphemic. Uh, the first one is a little comedy track he made uh, in... Um, for for Stoner Sloth, the failed New South Wales uh, multi was it multi million or hundreds of thousands? I think it was only hundreds of thousands, but it was very expensive for a wasted campaign. Uh, and also, uh, Disfemic's uh, new EP, uh, which is called Avengers, and uh, the track off that one is called. Uh, it's going to be up in a in a few minutes. It's Teleport. Uh, so this this is Disfemic right now on three CR Community Radio eight five five AM. <laughs>
Reduction refers to policies, programs, and practices that aim primarily to reduce the adverse health, social, and economic consequences of the use of legal and illegal psychoactive drugs without necessarily reducing drug consumption. Harm reduction benefits people who use drugs, their families, and the community. If you want to know more about harm reduction in Victoria, head to hrvic.org. Harm Reduction Victoria is a non-profit, user-based and user-governed organisation which aims to educate, inform, support and advocate for people who use drugs, their friends, families and broader community. It's 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on digital and streaming at the website 3cr.org.au. My name's Nick and this is In Psychedelia. Uh, I, I, we have less than three weeks away until the uh, until the federal election and we are going to be speaking to a few candidates and representatives from some parties shortly. Uh, but we've also heard an announcement from the coalition government that if they are re-elected and if their budget gets to follow through, then Community Radio's funding will be cut um, for the digital spectrum, which means that all your favourite Community Radio 
stations across capital cities in Australia will be cut off from the digital spectrum and that does eventually mean that once analogue radio is turned off, uh, there will be no more community radio, essentially. Mind you, there's still no cut-off date for analogue radio because nearly every single car across Australia has an analogue radio in it and a lot of people are still uh, quite happy uh, using those. Uh, If you want to support uh, Keep... Uh, keeping community radio on the air. The social media hashtag is hashtag keep community radio. Um, both the Australian Greens and the Australian Labor Party have come out in support of community radio. So if your vote goes towards them or a number of the minor parties, uh, the minor parties, of course, probably not going to have any particular effect on that uh, on that announcement because it will be the controlling government that uh, will get to announce that. Uh, so really, it's just keep on the coalition's case um, about this and make sure that they also support that. Though hopefully. Um, uh, many of you might be thinking that they're not going to be a, uh, a winner in this upcoming election. Penny? Just on, on that, there's a petition at the moment you can sign as well, which is hashtag keepcommunityradio at keepcommunityradio.org.au that you can sign to kind of pledge your to the coalition that if they get re-elected to keep the radio open. So. <laughs> Excellent, and that's uh, that's what we want. Uh, also, the 3CR Radiothon is going to be starting tomorrow. Uh, support keeping 3CR on the air by supporting us during the Radiothon. Um, there are uh, plenty of ways that you can do it. 3cr.org.au forward slash support is uh, one of the ways, or tune into your favourite show during the week and... Um, and, and ring them up and pledge some money to support them during the Radiothon. That starts tomorrow. We are going to be chatting with a few um, candidates soon. We're just getting them on the phone, on the microphones, on the Skype, uh, on the various ways. Uh, right now, this is a tune from Melbourne artist Abel 8. It's from his new EP, and it's called Leader. And uh, this is one he did with uh, Elf Transporter on 3CR Community Radio, 855am digital, streaming at the website 3cr.org.au.
3CR Community Radio, 855am on digital and streaming at the website, 3cr.org.au. My name's Nick, you're listening to In Psychedelia, and right now um, we are going to be speaking with a few uh, candidates and representatives from uh, various parties. Uh, first up, uh, Ash, who is a regular contributor on In Psychedelia, also the co-founder of Students for Sensible Drug Policy in Australia. Ash, uh, welcome. Oh, and also standing for the Drug Law Reform Australia Party for the seat of Wills, uh, which covers uh, such uh, uh, towns as Brunswick, Coburg, uh, where- Faulkner, Pasco Vale, um, goes up as far as um, oh, what are the suburbs up to the north, Goanbray, out to the west, and um, uh, oh, I'd have to look at some quite, of the quite a big electorate. I- I'm actually um, looking forward. I- I'm actually looking forward to getting into the areas, um, you know, to the north and west of the electorate uh, over the next couple of weeks because you know, like people in Brunswick. There's a lot more people that are going to be easily sympathetic, but I'm really keen to talk to people that maybe haven't engaged with the idea so much. Absolutely. Uh, And now uh, the uh, candidate for the seat of Melbourne uh, for the Drug Law Reform Australia Party. I realise we have two of them, but uh, uh, there's a lot of um, uh, people involved with the Drug Law Reform movement who are involved with the Drug Law Reform Australia uh, political party and also the uh, founder of the Free Cannabis Community Movement who have been running uh, 420 picnics uh, in Flagstaff Gardens uh, for about half a year or a year and before that there were many more picnics um, run under various different banners that you have been involved with. Matt Riley, uh, welcome. Hi Nick, cheers. And um, have you been out and about in around Melbourne and the seat of Melbourne? I have a bit, yep. I've been uh, putting our little logo stickers on um, poles and, and uh, you know, wherever there's lots of other stickers basically. I don't want to um, upset anyone. But yeah, getting that logo out there, I think that's going to be important. We also have a, uh, a another candidate for the seat of Melbourne, uh, this time from the Australian Sex Party. Uh, he's uh, also run as an independent in the past and is a, uh, a very um, a very keen uh, Democratic representative uh, who is looking for your votes. Uh, and that is Lewis. Lewis, welcome to the program. 
Uh, thanks for having me, Nick. It's uh, it's great to be here. Um, Lewis, have you been out and around in Melbourne, and how has the uh, response been? Oh, look, I've been out in about the last couple of weeks. Uh, I've been on the campaign trail in Melbourne for about a, mu- a, a month now. Uh, it's been great getting out there to meet people and uh, hear their concerns and uh, share our plan for a, for a positive future. Excellent. I'm very, very glad to hear that. And we do have um, one final person who I'm just seeing if I can get on the phone right now. Uh, his name is uh, Gabe. He's actually a... Uh, the the. Oh, hello, Gabe. Um, uh, it's Nick here from Psychedelia. Uh, can we put you uh, through to chat about drug policy right now? Excellent. I'll put you through. Yes. Okay. I was trying to call him a bit a uh, bit earlier, and we've just got him on the phone now. Uh, Gabe is the lead Senate candidate for uh, for Queensland, um, but he's also the um, uh, the head uh, head poncho man at the Liberal Democratic Party. Is that correct, Gabe? That, that's correct. I'm the national president. National president. Thank you for, <laughs> for that official title. And Gabe, how's, how's everything been going up in Queensland? Uh, quite quite well, actually. It was a bit wet yesterday, but we've got a beautiful sunny day today. So uh, I'm just out and about watching a bit of uh, local junior footy my son's playing at the moment. So uh, seems like a very good time to call in for a chat. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, now um, there are a number of uh, drug drug policy issues that have come up over the past uh, three years uh, of the of the latest term of, of government. Um, it seems that They've heated up a lot more as well, I'd say, um, especially issues around cannabis law reform, uh, medical cannabis law reform, and uh, pill testing and drug checking with a number of deaths that have happened at uh, music festivals and... um, I think it's mostly been music festivals, uh, unfortunately caused by um, adulterated uh, substances. Um, can we can we get some comments from uh, perhaps you first, Ash, um, on what the Drug Law Reform Australia Party uh, will do to address? Uh, let's go with drug checking first. Okay. Well, um, I actually spent this morning um, working with one of our candidates uh, who's been on the show before as a guest, Adriana Buccianti who was behind the Change.org petition for drug checking uh, at festivals. Um, so she's a pretty powerful advocate. Like We are 100% behind that as one of the first and most simple things that, that needs to be done. Uh, Lewis, uh, the Australian Sex Party, what does the Australian Sex Party have to say about drug checking slash pill testing services uh, at festivals as a harm reduction initiative? Oh yeah, definitely, Nick. So uh, we're we're definitely for uh, drug testing. Um, uh, Fiona Patton, who's our leader of the Australian Sex Party and also uh, the member for the Northern Metropolitan uh, Region, uh, she's uh, Fiona recently uh, uh, commended DanceWise, a program of harm reduction, Victoria, for winning an award from the uh, Minister for Health. They've been working uh, hard to get drug testing uh, services at Victorian festivals. Um, This is a harm reduction initiative aimed at uh, ensuring that people don't consume potentially deadly substances. Currently, uh, people uh, take that uh, take drugs uh, that uh, that uh, obviously wanting to know what's um, in these substances. um, Maybe taking a drug that they do not expect to take. Uh, Different drugs have different uh, levels of risks, uh, uh, with some far riskier and uh, even deadly than others. So um, this is this this aims at stopping those far riskier situations, obviously. And and Gabe, the LDP's uh, stance on this harm reduction initiative. Oh look, the Liberal Democrats are all for uh, pill testing. We think it's it, it's pretty much um, a given that 
any parent out there, if you put the choice to them, would you rather your children were taking you know, unknown quantities of unknown substances bought from somebody at a, a drug festival or would you prefer that they had access to a way to know what they were taking? Uh, I don't think you'd find too many parents that would uh, accept the first option as being the preferable one. So the Liberal Democrats are, are all for it. And you know, there, there's really no reason why offering pill testing kits to people should ever be illegal. It's, it's, you, know, you can't get high from a pill testing kit. So what would, what's the issue? Exactly. Now, uh, on cannabis, cannabis um, is, a, is a fairly broad issue. Um, there was one um, m- major minor party that we we're missing from this discussion, which was the uh, the hemp party on, on this particular issue. Um, we, we'll try and speak to them in, in coming weeks. Uh, and it's, it's been difficult to get Greens, Liberal and Labor uh, onto the program to talk specifically about drugs. I think, I think they'd prefer not to speak about it. Now, uh, Matt, obviously, you've been a long-time campaigner for cannabis uh, law reform. Um, can you... Uh, talk talk to us a little bit about what Drug Law Reform Australia um, wants to do around cannabis law reform and uh, in context of medical cannabis as well, which we're seeing slight movement on. Uh, well, look, I see the medical cannabis issue. It's it's um, an important issue. Obviously, there's a lot of people who can gain benefit from uh, using, you know, the, the, the medical or the therapeutic uh, advantages that come with cannabis. Uh, however, that's kind of a separate issue. It doesn't really have anything um, to do with prohibition as such, although it's being presented as the the way forward. Uh, I I think uh, really we're we're medicalising prohibition rather than uh, pro than medical cannabis being a, a step in the right direction as such. Um, but I guess uh, the thing that the, the uh, policy recommendation that, that we're making um, for cannabis is to treat bud like beer. Um, and, and really we're asking for equality with uh, the rest of society. And uh, beer is, is a good model. It, 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 you know, if you simply take the word brew out of the beer model and replace it with grow, it, it all works. Uh, where we have corporations um you know corporate groweries or you know like the uh, the, the breweries producing corporate products and then we have uh, licensed micro groweries producing boutique products um and then uh, unlimited non-commercial home grows so so long as no one's selling you can you know grow as much as you like at home for uh to use to share with your friends or you know maybe you want to um, build a hempcrete house i don't know uh, now now but, gabe, yeah. gabe um the, the ldp's uh main man in, in the senate right now david lionhelm uh recently had a freedoms inquiry uh with the federal government and one of the questions that was asked there was around um potentially legalizing recreational cannabis um what's the ldp's stance on recreational cannabis and uh tell us a little bit more about the the policies that the ldp has around that well, that, that is the Liberal Democrats' stance on cannabis. Uh, we are pro-legalisation for medical, recreational and industrial, culinary, whatever you want to use that plant for, uh, go ahead and use it. You know, Peanuts kill more people around the world than, than cannabis ever has, so why should cannabis be treated any differently to peanuts, really? It's not something that uh, we think adults should have any restrictions on it. We, we don't see why, if you can grow something legally in your backyard, you shouldn't be able to sell it to the bloke down the street. 
Uh, if I can grow tomatoes in my front yard and sell them to my neighbours, why can't I sell weed to my neighbours if I grow that in my front yard? So it's... And if you legalise recreational, then medical pretty much takes care of itself because the doctor just says, go and get some weed in whatever form you feel comfortable with it and take it. You don't have to write a prescription. You don't have to carry a note around in your back pocket just in case you get pulled over. It's uh, a very easy and elegant solution to what a lot of people seem to make out to be a complex issue. Uh, Matt, Matt Riley from the Drug Law Reform Party. Well, the, the suggestion that we were going to make uh, in regards to medical, if, if you, we can incorporate that into the treat bud like beer framework by simply having uh, a body, something like perhaps the Therapeutic Buds Administration, which uh, oversees the production and sale of any products which are making medical claims. So if, if something's being sold claiming to have uh, particular medical qualities, then uh, I think it's reasonable to have a, a, a body overseeing and administering that uh, those sales. However, for recreational sales, um, you know, that, that extra administration is not necessary if there aren't particular claims being made. Uh, Lewis, from the Australian Sex Party, do you have any comments uh, from the Australian Sex Party's uh, perspective on medical and recreational cannabis? Oh, look, uh, we support the legalisation and taxation uh, of, of cannabis, uh, um, obviously, um, and uh, with uh, we want to follow other countries, uh, such as Europe as well as uh, the US. Um, currently, the use of both recreational and medicinal marijuana has been uh, entirely legalised in states of Alaska, Colorado, Origin and Washington. So I think we just need to obviously follow uh, other countries um, and obviously uh, tax it. We can bring in revenue um, into our country. We can raise millions of dollars through taxes. Um, uh, and also, we've, we've also seen a complete um, drop in crime, organised crime in these countries and look we've got a we've got a, a good team here in victoria leading up to this federal election uh we have a senate candidate to dr meredith doig um working hard um with a plan obviously um and look i've known matt matt riley who's uh, in the studio with you um for a while and look we've been working together uh over the last few months um obviously on the issue and i, I completely agree with matt um Let's focus on, obviously, on um, uh, the people and not rather just the actual leaf or the cannabis leaf itself or cannabis in general. Let's focus on people because people are being victimised and, um, you know, I'm quite young myself. I'm very vocal. I, I, I actually haven't uh, even smoked cannabis yet. Um, but I do understand yes. uh, there are people out <laughs> there that have actually, um, <laughs> look, uh, you, you know, um, there are people out there that um, uh, that are obviously um, being uh, criminalised and uh, uh, that are actually... Um, you know that that are that are being made out to be victims. So yeah. Uh, I just want to mention at this stage that the Australian Sex Party and the Hemp Party did announce that they will be running joint tickets um, across most of the states. I believe not Victoria and not New South Wales, but I think every other state they're running a uh, a joint ticket. A pun intended, I guess. I, I'm I'm not entirely sure. But let's let's move away from cannabis now. There has been a lot of um of cannabis talk. Uh, let's let's talk um. Other drugs. Let's talk ice, because apparently there is an ice epidemic, which we've talked at length on this program about. Um, it, it, it has been completely uh, uh, demythologised. Demytholo there isn't an ice epidemic, um, but, but there are problems that we've seen around uh, methamphetamine. Um, drug Law Reform Australia, Ash, um, do you have some comments on what Drug Law Reform Australia would be doing uh, for people that have a substance use problem with methamphetamine? 
Well, a substance use problem is um, <clears throat> that's a different question to the the problem of like that meth use can present in society more broadly. So people that have a problem should be able to find help and they should be able to find it within 24 hours. If somebody presents to um, a, a service with, with an addiction problem, they need to be admitted ASAP, not kicked down the road for three months when they're more likely to end up in the criminal justice system. So adequately funding harm reduction services and treatment and rehabilitation services is the first biggest priority. People that need help shouldn't have to wait to get it. It's bad for them and it's bad for society and it's expensive to boot. I'm certainly hearing a lot of agreement among these uh, three political parties. I mean, I, I have a, uh, chosen uh, political parties that all have a drug law reform uh, agenda uh, here. But uh, uh, perhaps, Gabe, uh, from the LDP, what's the LDP's position on the methamphetamine crisis, also called ICE crisis? Yeah, well, we, we don't really believe there's a crisis. Uh, methamphetamine has a wide range of, of practical applications. It, it's used medically, it's used uh, militarily, uh, and uh, the actual physiological effects of it aren't the problem. The, the problem is some people's usage of it, and you know, if, if you don't go to sleep for three days, then it doesn't matter if you're taking ice or not, you're, you're going to have problems. So the problem... Is a, is a people problem, it's not a drug problem and it needs to be treated like a, a people problem and we can't treat it as a people problem if we're criminalising the people for having the drugs on them or for uh, selling the drugs to their mates to support their own habits, anything like that. So as, as the other guys have said, we've really got to you know, get the police out of this and to get the law out of this and treat it like a medical problem where people have issues controlling their drug use and... You know, different people react to different drugs in different ways and different people have difficulty controlling certain drugs at certain times in their lives. So uh, it, it's just a people person and it needs to be addressed as a social and medical issue rather than as a, a criminal law enforcement issue. Now, the Australian Greens uh, leader, Richard Di Natale, announced a $40 million fund for harm reduction uh, initiatives. Is this the sort of um, direction that um, that would be supported um, by, uh, by by you guys? Uh, Gabe, perhaps first. Uh, well, no, the Liberal Democrats are, are not in the habit of just splashing money around and hoping that it's going to end up in the right places and do some good. We, we think that the easiest way for government to assist in this way is to literally get out of the way. The government's causing the problems by criminalising a chemical and then you know, throwing people in jail for having that chemical in their car or in their pockets. And not only do we save a lot of money by not having the government chase people around looking for various chemicals in their cars and pockets, but... We also re remove a lot of that stigma and, and people feel more comfortable going to their doctor or turning up at their emergency department or their, their local clinic and saying, look, I think I'm having trouble with this problem, with this substance. Uh, no, no one's going to turn up to the, the hospital with a pocket full of ice and say, I'm thinking I'm having trouble if they think they're going to be thrown in jail when the cops turn up. Uh, so, I, you know, if you just get the government out of the way, a lot of these problems resolve themselves without having to create more problems by splashing money around. Then you have arguments over, well, which service gets the money, which one doesn't, and it just becomes a merry-go-round, uh, and the only people that benefit out of that are the bureaucrats. 
Ash from the Drug Law Reform Australia Party. Well, I partially agree with Gabe. I think that the money is important. Like, you need to actually fund the services <coughs> so that they're available. But in terms of getting government out of the way, yeah, absolutely. We support decriminalising all drugs and moving to a regulatory model, exploring different regulatory models for different substances, which I think would help the problem as well. I mean, there's some people out there that are taking methamphetamine that might prefer to take a, a different, less harmful drug that's maybe easier to um, come up with a safe regulatory model for it. Uh, and Lewis from the Australian Sex Party. Oh, look, the current war on drugs, as we all know, uh, you know, the, does not reduce the drug use or drug-related harm, physical or, or social. Decriminalisation, on the other hand, has been seen to reduce both drug use overall and drug-related harm. It also eliminates potential social harm associated with drug-related arrests or conviction. So, look, we support um, personal uh, uh, drug use to criminalise. We want to decriminalise um, personal drug use. We can't be locking people away. And again, it's all about the simple fact of the matter is that we know the war on drugs has failed and we need to stop treating people out as if they're bad people, okay? Um, we need to move on and, and we need to look at another strategy. And if we decriminalise drug use, then we, then, we, then we can control it in a way, so... Thank you, Lewis. Uh, Matt? I just want to make the point, and particularly with cannabis, um, but I guess the same uh, thing uh, rings true with all drug use. Uh, the reason people use drugs, and use cannabis in particular, but use all drugs, is, is because it makes them feel good. You know, people like being happy. Um, so if you, if you take a group of people who use drugs because they like the way that makes them feel and then you put a whole lot of stigma there and, and, and judgment and prejudice and discrimination and persecution and oppression and you and you get down on those people they're going to use more drugs to feel happier you know so so by uh, trying to control it in that way you're actually exacerbating the problem and, and you know if we, we start treating people with a bit of respect well, they're not going to need to use so many drugs to feel happy within themselves. And, and uh, you know, so ending prohibition, in, 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 a, in essence, is a, a fantastic harm reduction strategy. And, and this is something we heard about in the news at the, at the start of the show, where in the US, uh, cannabis use has not gone up in those states where it has been legalised or decriminalised, and in fact has stabilised, even though opinions on the risks and, mm. and harms of cannabis um, have uh, gone up in, in terms of people have a, have a better opinion towards these drugs. It's not, it's not led to more people taking drugs, which is the common argument um, by uh, people that support prohibition, which we also saw in the Tasmanian Premier's uh, support of uh, not, ha oh, sorry, lack of support for drug checking services in that state because he said that it was akin to uh, 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 a quality checking service for uh, drug evil drug dealers' drugs, basically. Uh, now we've we've only got a few minutes left, but maybe quickly let's let's touch on um, the more obscure, but perhaps exciting. I know among a few of us, at least here, um, the rise in psychedelic science and the use of psychedelics um, such as LSD, psilocybin, um, and MDMA for 
range of um, medical issues. Um, now, the the federal government, of course, administers uh, the the TGA, the Therapeutic Goods Administration, which currently considers these drugs to be um, more dangerous than heroin, more dangerous than methamphetamine. Is this the right way uh, to to have a policy? Um, what what sorts of things does the Drug Law Reform Australia Party have to say uh, about that, Ash? Well, I mean, it's patently absurd. We're getting in the way of um, substances that overseas right now, there's a growing body of evidence that they have significant clinical applications. And at the very least, we should get right out of the way to allow for that research and potential use to, to come on board as quickly as possible. Uh, furthermore, I mean, these substances, they have uh, used correctly with consideration have a very low risk profile. So in terms of thinking about regulatory models, they're some of the substances beyond cannabis that we could consider moving towards regulating and taxing possibly more easy than something like methamphetamine might require a little bit more consideration about how we, how we go about doing that. Uh, Gabe from the Liberal Democrat Party. Yes, well, uh, yeah, it, it's quite funny actually uh, one of the arguments i'm sure we, we've all heard uh, over and over again is where do you draw the line and uh, my response to that is well it's quite obvious where we draw the line we've already drawn it at alcohol so if we take any substance that is demonstrably less harmful than alcohol it should be legal because alcohol is legal so that immediately covers off your lsds and your mdmas and your magic mushrooms and uh, quite a few other uh, very interesting substances that uh, people really have no case making illegal while alcohol and uh, certainly while tobacco are, uh, are quite uh, acceptable uh, for adults to make up their own minds about in this country. So uh, I, I find it quite amusing that people start uh, arcing up and saying, well, where do you draw the line when that, that line's obviously already been drawn and on, on a harm reduction basis we should well and truly be putting... MDMA and LSD and uh, all those psychedelics and that sort of thing yeah, on the legal side of that line rather than on the illegal side of the line based and on the weight of scientific evidence. Thank you, Gabe. And, and that is about all we have time for, unfortunately, this afternoon. We've only got um, about a minute left and Queering the Air is up next. But thanks to our guests uh, from a variety of political parties, both Ash and Matt from the Drug Law Reform Australia Party, Gabe from the Liberal uh, Democrats Party, who is the lead uh, Senate candidate in Queensland, uh, sorry, Ash for Wills, uh, Matt for Melbourne, and Lewis, uh, the uh, candidate for Melbourne for the the Australian Sex Party. Thank you for joining in Psychedelia, guys. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. And, My uh, pleasure. And, um... Uh we're, we're just about to, to finish up, but don't forget the Radiothon is on uh, starting from tomorrow, uh, 3cr.org.au forward slash support if you want to uh, get in and support uh, community radio. Also, hashtag keep community radio. Uh, do support the campaign to keep community radio on the digital spectrum. Thank you for, uh, for joining us uh, on the program this afternoon. Um, and uh, where's my... Oh, got a bit of music there. <laughs> uh, only about three weeks until the uh, federal election. Um, Penny. Oh, just quickly, if there's any <laughs> university students uh, listening, it'd be great um, if you're interested in talking about drug policy um, discussions and everything. Um, a little bit more, come on down to the pub. We're going to the Fitzroy Beer Garden this afternoon from 3.30. Um, and you can see our website at ssdp.org.au and find the universities that are already getting involved. And there was one other thing I forgot to mention, the interdisciplinary uh, um, conference. Oh, what's the rest of the... Uh, the name of it there's a conference going on right now in Amsterdam uh, called the 
No, I haven't got it in front of me. It's an interdisciplinary uh, uh, conference on psychedelic research, um, and it's um, we're going to talk about that next week, I think. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back from 2pm next week. See you later. This is In Psychedelia. Comments, complaints, or contributions are welcome. Jump on the 3CR website. 3cr.org.au and head to the Encyclopedia program page. Get in contact with us on Facebook or Twitter or send us an email. Encyclopedia does not condone or condemn people who use drugs for their choices. Our aim is to present the diverse intersections of psychoactive drugs and society. If you are concerned about your own drug use or a friend's drug use, DirectLine provides a free and confidential counselling service 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Call 1-800-888-236. In Psychedelia, we'll be back on 3CR from 2pm next Sunday. You've been listening to In Psychedelia, a 3CR community radio podcast. For more information on anything you've heard in this program, head along to 3cr.org.au and follow the links to the In Psychedelia program page.